question to anyone who is the top manager of the year so far is it Postacoglu or is it actually Sean Dyche because <laughs> there's a brilliant argument for Sean Dyche join in the obsession subscribe now at offtheball.com forward slash join off the ball breakfast Ireland's sports breakfast show Cathy McNamee is with us Cathy good morning to you how are you I'm good how are you what kind of a weekend was it in the WSL uh, a very interesting one not one that was all that expected a title decided surely not Sorry, three well points. we keep saying this I feel like every week I come in to do a review at you guys were like the title has been decided but it's over <laughs> everything is done yeah. everything is fine um, so what happened well I think for Arsenal it was an interesting one obviously they lost to Tottenham after that big win against Chelsea they drew against them during the week it's the first time Tottenham have ever beaten them in the North London derby um, and it wasn't all that long ago that like Arsenal were racking off massive like 10 plus goals sort of score lines against Tottenham in these big matches so it was a massive turnaround for them to come Why are Tottenham suddenly good? I don't think they are suddenly good I think this was a situation where Arsenal uh, I relaxed on their laurels a little bit and didn't take their chances when they came. I mean, the big thing with Tottenham at the start of the season was that they put in an absolutely massive record transfer fee for Bethany England, who was going to be, you know, their out-and-out striker. They needed goals. Last year, we saw them be kind of generally stable, but they just couldn't convert any of their chances. She hasn't actually played at all this season because she had a long-term hip injury that after the World Cup, she went to have surgery on. Should be back probably in the new year, hopefully. I think that's like the general timeline for her. And Tottenham have been inconsistent, to say the best, probably, of of them so far throughout the season. I mean, they're like 10 points off the top, sixth in the table. Um, And what we saw with them against Arsenal at the weekend was they really frustrated them. They like kept pressing very high on them. Arsenal couldn't get any of their shots off. And, I mean, you have to say the Martha Thomas goal was just like a very, very good goal, um, a brilliant skill. There was very, very nearly a 2-0 win to Tottenham. I don't know if you guys saw this, but the Zinsberger, the Arsenal goalkeeper, went up for the final uh, corner that was taken. It bounced out of the box and... Tottenham had a break. I don't know how they did not score because Zinsberger was nowhere near it. Very, very good last minute tackle. Um, Zinsberger was like running back. And you know when you watch a goalkeeper run and you're like, mm, you don't have to do this all this often. Uh, absolutely just did not have the pace at all. So Arsenal were fortunate to come out with only a 1-0 loss in the end. But they will be kicking themselves. I mean, to finish off the year like this after the highs of getting that result against Chelsea is really going to sting, especially as well because Tottenham had that massive 4-0 loss to Manchester United the weekend before. And we saw Manchester United lose to Liverpool for the first time ever this weekend as well. So in general, it was a weekend of unexpected results and I've decided I no longer want to do who you got because (laughs) basically every time I say something on that show, the absolute offset happens. Uh, Chelsea did win, though. Chelsea did win. I don't think that was like too surprising. Um, we had Mustaki and uh, Connolly playing for Bristol City. They've both been starting a lot of the most recent. Well, obviously Connolly, like she's captain of the side, but it's great to see Mustaki getting those sort of minutes um, with Bristol. She wasn't a regular starter at the start of the season. Chelsea, I don't think there was all that much to be surprised with in terms of that result. It does mean that Bristol go to the bottom of the table and West Ham got that draw against Leicester, finally getting them off the bottom. Uh, 
Courtney Brosnan squirted, or saved a penalty for Everton, although Bunny Shaw did convert minutes later and got a hat-trick offer. But um, it seems to be becoming one of her specialities, which is good for a goalkeeper, is yeah. <laughs> managing to save these penalties, yeah. which we will keep taking. And then the other big result of the weekend was obviously Liverpool beating Manchester United. Again, one that a lot of people didn't see coming. Um Mark Skinner's comments I thought were quite interesting after the game. He was critical of the side in general. And I think, I can't remember, was it Adrian or someone who was talking last week about the fact that managers in the WSL seem a bit more willing than managers in the Premier League to actually come out and criticise their players publicly after games. Um, but he basically said that they hadn't had the opportunity to perform in the transfer window or that this is still basically a team in progress, which is funny because whenever they were knocked out of the Champions League just before the group stage started, so like the kind of pre-stage, um, same as Arsenal, he was like, we're a big club, we're a big team, you know, we shouldn't have to go through this early qualifying process uh, arrogant was that the theme of the weekend incredibly <laughs> arrogant and I think it probably was the theme of the weekend but it's just interesting because it's kind of like well you can't have it two ways and the only reason that United can be counted as a big club is because of the men's side of things like they did really well to qualify for Europe for the first time ever last season but in terms of their women's setup, it very much is still a developing team yeah so he was kind of like well yeah. Give me my spot now, but now he's like, "Oh no, I know we didn't perform well, but I that doesn't matter." Yeah, I was uh, yeah interested to see his defensive mode activated in the aftermath of the match, considering Ed Toon gave them such an early lead after three minutes, and then they had other chances. They missed an open goal uh, from Melvin angle. Hit the Mallard, bar. literally minutes later, missed an absolutely perfect chance to put yeah. them 2-0. Hit the crossbar as well. Now Mary Earps made one of the saves of the season as well. Bear mm. in mind, like, but Liverpool snatched at the end, and I suppose snatch suggested they robbed it, but they didn't really. So. No, they didn't really. And I think I think I said this on Friday that it did strike me as the sort of game that would be really tight, that it would be kind of 1-1 for the majority of the game and one team would grab a late goal and I wouldn't be surprised if it was either team. So at least I got that bit semi-right. <laughs> if it, if not quite the, accurate. Yeah, yeah. What happened. If not the actual result. But I think, yeah, United just seem like a team that's a bit in flux this season and not very stable. You know, we talked before about the struggles with Ella Toon. Like, she was taken off. She was one of the best players. She is just missing that partner that she used to have with Alessio Russo and that's not really there anymore. There's obviously all the questions around Mary Earps's contract, like most of the pre-match press conferences during the week where people asking Mark Skinner, is Mary Earps going to extend her contract? Is she going to go to Arsenal? What's the story there? So obviously that's kind of in and around the team. He hasn't really settled a lot of the players that have come in. I think Mallard could be a really, really good signing for them and the sort of player that they need but I think he needs to play her in those more direct roles he kind of keeps putting her out wide and I don't really understand it because when she gets in those direct roles she gets in the position to score or she scores We're one game short of the halfway point of the season mm-hmm. There's Chelsea are three points clear of, of uh, Manchester City and Arsenal and then seven points clear of Manchester United and Liverpool it's kind of the, the table is taking the shape that people would have expected pre-season. It's, uh, the question is really whether or not Chelsea will drop enough points for anybody to be able to catch them. And that's why there's such shock reverberating after the Arsenal result. Yeah, well, but there's also the case where like Chelsea still have to play City and Arsenal again in the second half of the season. So like there still is an opportunity for this all to change. And that's the thing that's kind of frustrating, kind of fun about the WSL because there's so few teams, things do change really quickly. I think most people probably would have thought going into the start of the season that Chelsea would be 
up there and it would be City and Arsenal on their tails because that's basically just been the story of the WSL for so long. I actually think the more interesting stuff is probably that kind of like middle portion of the table where it's like United, Liverpool, Tottenham. They're kind of all in and around the same sort of points and who is going to be the one that maybe will like push a little bit higher this season. I'd like to see Liverpool do well. Um, I think that United have maybe scuffed their chances a little bit so far this season by not recruiting a little bit smarter. And I think Liverpool have been quite smart in how they've recruited and slowly build. And I just think Matt Beard is one of the great managers of the WSL. Like all the players talk really highly of him. Um, in terms of Chelsea, what's going to be interesting for them in the second half of the season is they're obviously in still in all the competitions, whereas Arsenal don't have that problem. City don't have that problem. So will they be able to maintain their form and not have the tired legs? So, so they'll probably have the highest percentage of internationals competing at high levels as well. Um, so that's going to be their issue. Well, there's another issue too for Chelsea in the second half of the season is that it'll be a, a step closer each day to Emma Hayes' departure. Mm. And I wonder, is that going to be Chelsea's biggest rival uh, to winning the league this season? I kind of feel like if any manager is going to be able to harness their players into actually performing for them, it'll be Emma Hayes. You know, it's one thing that we always praise her for is her ability to manage a team of like Galacticos and superstars and still not have people being annoyed about the minutes they're getting or the form they're in or whatever it is. So I think... If anyone could do it, I would put my faith in her to do it. But also there is that added pressure then as well of the team wanting to perform for her. I I would actually think I'd worry more about them in the Champions League than in the league. I think she wouldn't, obviously she wants to win everything. But if there was one competition that she would like to have the feather in her cap before she leaves, it would definitely be the Champions League. Well, the title race could be over if things keep going the way they are at the moment. Katie McCabe got taken off with um, 90 minutes on the clock just as Arsenal won a free kick. And there was still like 10 minutes of stoppage time. Why are they taking off one of their best players? She was injured. Okay. Um, She got a knock to her foot, I think it was. So there's been no update on how serious or not it is. Um, She had a bit of ice on it after the game. So hopefully now that there's a bit of a break, she'll be all right. She's the national captain, but who's going to be the national manager? Are we going to get a Christmas present this side of Christmas? I really hope we get it this side of Christmas. Um, It was supposed to be last week. Obviously that did not happen. Emma Byrne on Koi Gig last week was keeping very silent on any developments. Uh, her exact quote was, I haven't heard anything. And there was lots of talk about we, though, and we were kind of like pushing her to see if that was a, a well, general thing. But We'd been speculating that there was a shortlist and um, that we thought Colin Healy might be on it, but subsequently that has not emerged to be the case or it doesn't look like it's going to be the case. It doesn't seem to be from what's been reported so far. So it'll be... I mean, like we had Dan on last week um, co-hosting and he was saying, you know, he would have been surprised if he was on the shortlist just because he's always been the sort of guy that prefers uh, being in the background a bit more, like being very involved in what's happening with the team, but not necessarily that straight front facing person, which I suppose is kind of how that team worked quite well, you know. We said it before about all three of them seeming very interested in talking to the players if there was a break in play, so... I think for the sake of the team, it'd be good to just have it handled sooner rather than later. I mean, we have seen with the last manager what happened when things were dragged out and contracts were talked about and then not given and major tournaments started happening. And the thing is, like, 
we've done the easy part now. We've qualified for Liga. Now that this is a difficult part, and we need that clarity within the team if we want to make sure that you know that major tournament spot isn't uh, a fantasy. Yeah. One of the things here is that they basically announced that they were going to make this announcement this side of Christmas and then if it doesn't happen, it ends up looking like mm. you just lost control or something and speculation fills the vacuum. And so a test for the FAI this week. And then we'll be interested to see. Um, it's not, not something they're not too unused to. Do you, <laughs> more likely or not that we'll get a manager in your view at the moment? Um, this side of Christmas, I mean. Well... The thing is, if if it's a case of like negotiations have broken down or whatever with who they wanted to get, then it's going to be difficult to go back out and say like, "Oh, hi guys, we're we're looking again." Or yeah. I I know we didn't pick you the first time, but also yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we have a great offer yeah, for we, you. We always loved you. We didn't know it. <laughs> you get my first yeah. email or <laughs> I got the spam. Oh, exactly. It's, the junk filter at our work is is actually very strong. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really good it, it is legitimately very strong in our place. So if you've been emailing us, we apologize um, for ignoring you. So yeah, so it's going to depend on how much of that process, and it's not like they haven't had other things distracting them the last while as well. So, all right. On tomorrow's show, we are back with James Tracy and Tommy Walsh live in studio. Premier League second helpings with Phil Egan and so much more. Now, Christmas week equals birthday fun. On this day, the 18th of December, a week out from Christmas. Happy birthday to multiple Grand Slam tennis champion, Arantxa Sanchez-Vicario. One of the early favourites of your life, I would have said. And my mother's favourite, for sure. Right. Therefore mine. Valencia great, Santi Canizares. Mm. Arantxa Sanchez, 52. Santi, uh, 54. Do you remember he missed the 2002 World Cup because he dropped aftershave on his foot? Was that easy? He he one of the famous, I dropped something. Yeah. I never actually believed those stories. They're, they're covers for something else. Oh, so cynical. He's the uh, goalkeeper. With the yeah, the shock Bleach blonde hair. It was bleach. Yeah. Bleach. I wonder what it's like now. And his son plays for, uh, plays professionally now as an outfielder. All right. Yep. For who? I think also Valencia. No, Real Madrid. All right. Yeah. Uh, Brad Pitt is 60 today. I'm surprised this isn't front page news, you know. I'd say it is somewhere. Steven Spielberg is 77. Same day as Brad Pitt. Only 17 years older. That is mad, yeah. Jesus. Billie Eilish is 22. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Joseph Stalin would have been 145 today Big Joe may this Monday be better than most for you better than most Mondays or may this be yeah because it's better uh, than close, so close to Christmas so better than most Mondays yeah alright uh, great when you have to explain things we'll just <laughs> off the ball breakfast Ireland's sports breakfast show